Welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. We are your hosts of the show, Karen and Kelly Sarlow. Whether you're struggling with grief or you just need answers, we connect you with spirit to find relief, clarity, and direction in life. We can help you move forward. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm grateful. I actually wanted to start by thanking the listeners this morning. Um, As they can see, if they're watching on YouTube, we have a slightly different set this morning um, because we're painting and we're waiting for some new furniture to come in for a new Mm -hmm. set. Um, But the thank you is that we've we've done a ton of rebranding Mm-hmm. And ended up getting advised to not rebrand Coffee with the Sarlows because listeners have made it such a success. No, oh, um, yeah. which I think is really cool. Yeah, they said no, 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 don't change the name. We'll give you a new logo, um, but like keep the jingle, keep the name. Uh-huh. There's rapport built with your audience, and I just think that's such a compliment to people who have. Whether you've been here since the beginning or you just started binging the show, um, it's it's just a thank you to to being interested, Mm -hmm. um, to being engaged, uh, to sharing this with all of your people, like Mm -hmm. just a big thank you for all of that. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Thank Mm -hmm. you for starting that way. I'd like to add my gratitude to that. And Kelly, you had also told me recently that we ranked 15 out of 45. Um, yeah, like on, on this random website that I knew nothing about, I literally Googled us to figure out like, what do we need to work on? Mm -hmm. And it was like, Coffee with the Sarlos is ranked number 15 out of 43 podcasts. Nice. And I was like, oh, for psychics. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's that's pretty darn cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not in the category competing with Michelle Obama. <laughs> no, <laughs> or Brené Brown or right. <laughs> all of the big names, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, can I have two names? I need a female and a male for today, please. Okay, sure. So I feel like this might be a repeat, but here we go. Uh, The female, Samantha, and the male, Bob. Okay. And this starts with Bob, though he's not the client. Um, So he starts because I'm standing in the kitchen one morning, just doing things at the kitchen counter. And I'm looking into the living room and I see Winston and Parker sitting in there. And then I put my head down on the counter. I chopped some stuff. My head comes back up and I see the spirit of a male sitting in the single chair Mm -hmm. um, looking at the two dogs. And I thought, oh, we have a visitor. So I looked over at him and I thought, oh, I'm just going to see what's happening. And I want to pay attention to what he looks like. So he's youngish, but he looks like a young man. I'm not saying he's so young that he's 12 or 13. I'd put him in his early 20s and he's got a pair of jeans and a t-shirt on. And I can't see what's on the t-shirt yet at all because he's not facing me. And I noticed that Parker has seen him and that he's staring at the chair. And then I noticed a little while later that Winston sees him and that Winston's staring at the chair. And the man is looking at the two dogs going, oh, you can see the look on his face. Like he's waiting, like, are they going to see me? Are they going to see me? And then when they do, he turns his attention towards me and I'm already looking at him because I'm observing him. And he sees me and the shock on his face. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think is funny. Really thought I was just going to slip in here on this chair and be invisible. (laughs) Shit, they're all looking at me. (laughs) Yes, I'm under scrutiny. 
And he was curious, obviously, to see if he could be seen, period. Mm. So I see him, and his eyes get big, and he goes, holy shit. And I said to him, holy shit, eh? And he goes, you can hear me? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, yeah. So he goes, can I have a conversation with you? And I said, oh, I said, have you just recently passed? (laughs) Because Are you new? You're a newbie. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm saying this to him, and he's like, okay, can you talk out loud and not just in your head? Like, because I'm realizing, oh, I'm talking to him all in my head. I'm not speaking out loud. And I said, absolutely. So I'm speaking out loud to him. He goes, this is really cool. I just assumed that when people crossed over and came to us that there was like a sign on on our roof that said like, mediums here, can see and hear you. And if they landed here, it's because they just knew. Well, this is what I'm finding out. This is why I think this could be a a cute show today for people to learn something as well as me. So he stands up and gets out of his chair and he walks over and he takes a seat at the bar top which is an open concept for people who don't know the layout of the kitchen and the living room and the dining room. It's all open. But he walks through the chair, so he doesn't pull the chair out. I'm saying he just sits himself down in it. And now he's right in front of me. And he says, "Um, how do you know I'm I'm new? And I said, because... (laughs) Let me start the ways. (laughs) Yeah. I said, because other spirits who come to the house know what Kelly and I do. They've known this for decades, and usually they're debriefed by the spirit world. So I'm curious as to why the heck you don't know this. Because you're the first person, the first dead person for me, who's, I'll say, behaving this way. Like you said, usually they come in and they already know all of that. And I said, so I'm curious, are you somebody who's just recently passed? And he went, yeah. He says, I just passed today. And I said, okay. He goes, so I'm just kind of going through what you guys, you and Kelly would call the transition. And he says, but I do know who you are and that he says that you do do this. He says, I just didn't believe it. And I said, okay. Thank you, you, sir. I said, okay, that's funny. And I'm, but I'm kind of, I still, I'm surprised. And I said, so continue, like, tell me what's going on. And he says, well, look at my T-shirt. And he kind of like pulls this shirt and I can see, Kelly can't remember exactly what it is, but it's UFO stuff. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, he goes, Karen, like I'm into this. He goes, like I'm into the UFOs on earth. He goes, oh, wait. <laughs> Us too. Yeah. He goes, I'm into um, science fiction stuff. And he says, and I'm also, he says, wow. He says, I got to say I was. He says, I got to get used to that. He goes, I was into science. He says, like, I was really into science, and I wanted to go into education into science. He says, but I was, um, I want to say raised, like, in that kind of environment. And I said, oh, wait. I said, let me ask the spirit guides a question. And they tell me that his parents are professors, and that the way that he's raised is you can only believe what you see. You can only believe what you can prove. And there has to be a method to everything, or we just won't believe it. And so 
he, as a young kid, is really into his imagination. He's really into science fiction. He's into these UFOs. He's into intuition. He's into all of these things. But he's also kind of wanting to go into, and I think to some degree, Kelly, to please his parents. He wants to go into science-based stuff, and he's wondering when he was on Earth, how then can I melt the two together? So can I prove that intuition works, that science fiction stuff works, that there are UFOs, that they do communicate with us? Like he's interested in all of this. And then as he gets into like 17, 18, 19 years old, he says that he's into watching mediums on TV and that he's watching, uh, I don't know what it's called, Kelly, is it called Ghost Chasers or something like that? Because I, I don't watch those shows. Maybe. But where people go to people's houses to do clearings of getting rid of the ghosts. Mm. He goes, so I was really interested in stuff like that. But it was almost like a collision with my parents' world as to what I was interested in and who, who I was. And he says, and then to add to it, he says, I was so interested in psychology and personal development. And he says, so I had such a wide variety of interests, but the psychology seemed to be something that might bridge me to my parents if I understood them. So he's explaining this. We had such a conversation, Kelly. It was so delightful. And then he says to me, you know, he says, your first client today is a psychiatrist. And I said, oh, really? Because I didn't know that. I just know her first name. And he says to me, and I did know it was a female, by the way. But he says to me, well, she's, she's older, Karen. Like, she's even older than you. And I said, okay. He says, I'm going to put her, like, he says, like, in her late 60s. And he says, she's still in practice. She calls herself, you know, semi-retired. But she's not. She's really going gangbusters. And she's very interested in the things that I was interested in. But she started with psychology and then became interested in the proof part and got into research, and then was also interested in UFOs, into intuition, um, all of these things he's interested in. He goes, so I decided that I wanted to come and see you today because the spirit guides, first of all, told me about you and Kelly and what you do and the systems of proof that you want in your sessions and how you both like intuitive intelligence, psychology, but you both speak to beings from the other side, whether they are from different dimensions or humans that have crossed over or animals. And he said, I just thought I, I got to go meet these people. And then I heard that your first client was actually a psychiatrist. And I thought I got to talk to her. So that was before my day began. Um, which was probably around one in the afternoon when I was going to be seeing Sam or Samantha, who was the first client that he's referring to. So Bob and I finished our conversation. I went on with my morning to go ahead and have my lunch and get ready for work for the day. And at one o'clock, I was really looking forward to seeing if Samantha was a psychiatrist and if she was interested in research and had spent some years in her life doing that as opposed to just seeing clients. And if she actually was somebody that was trying to develop her intuition and was interested in interdimensional beings and levels of consciousness and all of these things. And it all proved true. So Samantha and I started the session at 1 p.m. 
And I asked her if she, in fact, was a psychiatrist, and she said, yes. Is that how this works? And I said, it does, because I need proof. I need validation. Um, so I'm going to look for what Kelly and I call the hard facts. Mm -hmm. And we also give soft messages. And she goes, what do you mean by a soft message then? And I said, a soft message would be something like, I love you. A soft message can be something that might be more challenging to prove or might need some more information to be able to say, and this is how he showed you he loved you. Oh, I fundamentally disagree with what you're saying. Oh, go right ahead then. I think, I think this could be a great conversation. Well, I'll keep it brief because it's not the story, but I think hard and soft are defined by people individually. Yes. Because if... if Along the lines of the words, I love you, if I saw a medium after you passed and they said she loved you the most of everyone in this world, I would not consider that soft. I would be like, that is specifically accurate. I love it. Thank you for clarifying it. Yeah. And I, it's good. And in, in another kind of way of looking at this, if I said to someone, oh, your father did not love you, he didn't know how, that is not a soft message. That is factual evidence that we have an accurate reading on someone if that person goes that's correct my dad didn't know how to love he was a raging narcissist right mm -hmm. like I don't I don't think soft and hard can be defined like that I'm comfortable with you clarifying that um, and I'm glad that you do because there are other people that would not accept what you've just said as hard and soft that's messages. That's my point. And know. the yeah. same way that, so, like, I think soft messages are your mother had blonde hair and blue eyes because you really have a high percentage of being correct, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, I think it's more, uh, more difficult. I shouldn't say difficult, but I think it's a harder fact if they said something about your, your personality that was very specific to you. I totally agree with you, Kelly. Thank and that, you. that's my version, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying it because I know that people, some people, see the exact opposite. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're doing this. Yeah, and I'm bringing it up because if you're not yet a client or you have been and you want to come back, like I don't want clients sitting there being like, can you tell me some soft facts and some hard facts? Oh, like, true. No, I'm just going to channel for you. Yeah. And you can decide what degree of proof you need in order to believe in the messages that are being channeled. Yep. That is not my job. Yep. Okay, thank you. So I'm just going to go back to the story because, mm -hmm. uh, um, and thank you for that. Um, I told her that she was going to be getting some hard facts and some other things that I would refer to as softer messages and that they would go together. And she said, okay, that's great. She said, I see that you have process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, and I said, absolutely, I do. And she goes, okay. And that's all she said was, okay. And I said, well, wait now. I said, um, I want to verify. I said that you actually have a research background and, and that, yes, while you may have a clinical practice, and correct me if I'm wrong in these terms, Kelly, um, you have a clinical practice and you have for decades. I said, you also have a full career in research and that you actually are an author and you have a team of people that do research for you and you provide this, you sell this information to other people for their work, for their books, for their public speaking engagements, um, doctors, whatever, medical reviews um, or magazines, journals, like you provide that. And she goes, I do. She goes, so do you mind if I ask where you got this information? And, I, and she's curious for a reason. And I said, um, yeah. I said, Bob. <laughs> she goes, 
No, I don't, I don't know a Bob. And I said, no, no, I'm not saying you do. I said, that wasn't one of your pieces of information to validate anything. And she goes, okay. She goes, I'm really lost. And I said, yes, that's understandable that you're lost. I said, Bob is a person who's passed over today, who came through earlier, and I told her about his visit. And I told her about, well, I'm not going to repeat everything for everybody. I told her everything. And he wanted to meet her because there were so many things that they had in common. And then Bob appears when I'm telling her this. And he goes, um, we were also both single. We both didn't have children. And I'm like, oh, we both had parents that are both still on earth. Her parents still are on earth, actually. And so I gave her that bit of information from Bob right then in the session. And Kelly, she was freaking over the top happy. She was so delighted. And Bob said, you know, I came through because you and I have things that are really in common about the way that you've lived your life and the way that you're headed in your life and the purpose you're trying to create now, the focus that you're taking, the things that you've even accomplished, the situations that you've been in. And he says, same, except that, you know, I died in my early 20s today. And he says, so I wanted to come through to be able to say to you, hey, it's for real. <laughs> he says, I just wanted to tell you because I'm figuring it out too. And I just wanted to be able to share it with somebody who had so much in common with me. And he says, he says please tell Samantha that I believe deeply within my heart that she is greatly going to appreciate this connection today because, in fact, we have so much in common. And that's actually what she values the most in life, is what she can find in common with some people, because so much of the rest of her life is about seeing and meeting clients' needs and finding evidence and research and writing it and presenting it to people who can find it of interest and value. So he says, we just kind of need each other, I think, today. It's not that necessarily she needs me every day for the rest of her life. We just need each other in this moment. Hmm. And I thought, wow, Kelly, how, how beautiful is that? That the universe wasn't just looking for her grandparents or, I don't know, just something else to, pr to provide proof. But how, for me, how unique it was that they found Bob and went, Bob and Samantha, they actually could help each other right now. Mm -hmm. Then Bob tells me that Samantha is extremely respectful of every person and that this is part of the reason why her research is such a joy. She doesn't try to fit people into what other, well, like people in society want to believe. She's not concerned about what social media wants people to do or groups of people that have their own agenda, whether it's healthy or not. She just wants whatever the truth will present. And he says, this is something that I think is so worth saying to her about her personality, um, about the way that she goes about research, that will give her a validation as to who she is. But Karen, it's also one of her life purposes. And one of her questions today to the spirit world is, 
am I, am I living my life purpose? And he says, and I just want her to hear it kind of backwards. And I'm, and I'd like it to come from me if that's okay. So could you ask her if that's okay? If I'm the one that gives her the messages today, this is something I'm choosing to do on the other side in my transition. And so I asked Samantha, you know, Bob's asking for consent. He's saying how respectful you are of consent and of other people. And he'd like to be the one to give you these messages. She agreed. So she ends up getting Bob as her guide, so to speak, or somebody giving her some information today um, and answering some of her questions, which I thought was absolutely lovely again. And then he says, you know, I want you to tell her and use the words like that I'm alive. I don't want you to refer to me as dead right now. And I said, oh, why is that? He goes, well, I just want her, because we, we really like words and we really like accuracy and we really like the truth. I want her to use the word alive, but not in the sense that I'm trying to screw over her head. I don't mean like that I'm alive as a human being, but I want to use alive in the terms of that I'm energy and all energy is alive. And she's really going to like that because it's actually the semantics Mm -hmm. (laughs) of language. Mm -hmm. And he says, so I'd like to say that because it's also going to show that I'm trying to educate myself, that I value her as a professor, that I'm not dumbing down this conversation. And he says, and that's something that I like. My parents never dumbed down a conversation for me. No matter what age I was, like they did do it age appropriate, he says, but this is something that she values in every single one of her clients, coworkers, friends, parents. And he says, so that's what I'm trying to do is the very same thing. So I'm going to take this as an opportunity to say that I'm alive because I'm energy. And then Bob says, can we talk about the life purpose? Can we just continue on that for a minute? He says, she wants to know if she has lived some of her life purposes. And he says, one of them was to be single, by the way. One of them was not to have a partner, not to be married. He says, I can confirm that she's dated and that she has had some boyfriends. He says, I can do that part. He says, but she didn't write in that family unit. You know, you guys call it the nuclear family. He says, she didn't write that in. And he says, so it was part of her sole contract to not have those things. This wasn't, this wasn't a life failure. And he says, she's curious today and wants to know that. She's going to ask you that as a question. So could you go ahead and tell her that? And then tell her as well that that was a life purpose. A life purpose is to be single. Hmm. It isn't a life purpose to be married and to have children. Mm -hmm. And that's a more important one or a more valid one or a more right one than being single. It's not more of anything. They're equal life purposes. And I thought... That's a great message. And I love the way that he chooses to be very honest about it. No apologies. And he made a comment, Kelly. He said um, that society makes a ruckus around the nuclear family. And I, I liked his term, a ruckus. Because, I don't know, I just think about the ruckus of when you go um, and book a vacation that single people... Um, sometimes are charged what families are charged for rooms or whatever. And he said, you know, he says, I I want to say this because I want her to think her life is full and that this wasn't punishment, this wasn't a lack of. 
And often in it, she went back and forth between completely feeling within herself, really strong, really confident. I'm glad I don't have kids. I'm glad I'm not with anybody. I wouldn't have time. Or even if I did have time, I'm just really happy with who I am. I'm really happy with everything that I'm doing. I'm really happy with all of my relationships. This isn't a lack of, and I'm not supposed to be looking for or trying to create that kind of a mindset. And he said, and then she swung it sometimes completely opposite where, and I'll call it going down a rabbit hole of, geez, maybe I should check that. Am I, am I being honest with myself about that? And he said, but I want to point out to her that she only did that when somebody triggered that within her. Had she been left on her own, she would have stayed rooted in who she is and in those life decisions that she made in her soul contract and as a human being. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I just wanted to validate that for her. He said, answer that question because it's on her, I'll say her post-it note um, of list of questions that she actually was hoping the spirit guides would answer today. And he says, so could you tell her that? He says that all of those messages, please. And I'm just going to sit here. I want to look at her face when she hears all of that. I just want to see what her face is. You know, Kelly, I was looking at her face too. (laughs) I thought, okay, what is she going to look like when she hears this kind of information and at her age? And I've got to tell you something. She stayed pretty damn neutral. She kind of just sat there and he looked at me and said, wow, I was expecting a bigger reaction. Mm. (laughs) And I was too. And I thought, that's interesting. And I asked her, I said, Samantha, how come there wasn't a bigger reaction? And she goes, because I'm solidly in that I'm happy with my life. I've just recently decided this morning that I'm not flip-flopping anymore for anybody. And I'm trying to recognize the trigger. Mm. I'm trying to recognize it's when I see something on TV or I go to book that holiday or, and I'm charged the same as a family mm-hmm. or I go into a restaurant and there's a table for four and I'm next in line and I've waited half an hour mm-hmm. and they pass by to the family of three or the couple and wait for me to have a table for two or a seat at a bar. Mm-hmm. When I've waited like the family behind me, and sometimes 20 minutes longer than them, but they give my table to someone else. Mm-hmm. And she says, so I've just decided now going forward that when somebody gives that table to the people behind me, I'm going to say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I've waited and that is the next available table and I'm taking it. So Bob and her have this beautiful conversation, Kelly, and she understands that it's Bob. I tell her his name, she understands, and she actually asks him questions during the session um, about his own life and about how he was making out with parents who had both chosen to be professors. And this is something we both didn't know, meaning Bob and I, her parents were both professors, (laughs) and that she chose the same path. So she added to our conversation in being able to say, hey, Bob, did you know my parents? And he came through and said, no, I did not know. And she got to see that the spirit world, in this case, Bob, doesn't know everything. Mm -hmm. And that had we asked her spirit guides that, we could have got the answer, but we asked Bob, so we couldn't get the answer. Mm -hmm. And 
I had to be able to explain that to her because she thought, well, why wouldn't Bob know everything if he's dead? Bob's new. <laughs> exactly. And that we Give have to... some time. Yeah. And that we have to go to spirit guides. And, and I think that's also a good thing to say to people today. That is why I, at least, and you can say what you do as well, Kelly, I don't channel people who've crossed over to answer all of the soul contract questions about future and everything that's going on in your life when you book with us. Your spirit guides have full access to all of your records. And somebody who's crossed over, and in this case, Bob, who is um, a new soul in the spirit world, doesn't have access or knowledge to navigate all of that. So I wouldn't be able to give you perhaps as accurate or as much information. Now, how do you feel about that response? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, thank you. Before we get to the end of this meeting between Bob and Samantha, Samantha asks me, can I connect to Bob? And so I thought, well, I don't know. And actually, I told her that. I said, I don't really know. Let me ask Bob. What does that question mean? Yeah, I didn't know. That's why I asked Bob. (laughs) I didn't know everything she meant. And instead of just asking her, I asked Bob what she meant. Geez, I realized just when you asked that, Kelly, what I did in the session. Mm -hmm. That just made me pause for a second. I could have asked her to clarify. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's good that you pointed that out for listeners. I did not, though. I remember I asked Bob. And Bob came through and said to me, she's meditating right now. She's trying to find levels of consciousness She's trying to connect, but she doesn't have a lot of people she knows to connect to. So he says to me, she has grandparents that have died, but she believes that she can't connect to them because she never knew them. And her parents are both alive. And so she's trying to figure out who she can connect to on the other side. So she's actually been trying to connect to different beings in different dimensions. And this is all part of where she's growing and being a human being. And he said, so I'm going to say to her that if she meditates, because I know she does, that I'd like to show up in her meditation and chat with her. And I will be known as Bob. And I'm going to be a specific thing. So I have to tell her that so that when she meditates and this appears in her um, meditations, she'll know it's me. And I thought, okay, that could work. And he says, so I'm going to pick what I'm going to be versus it's just going to appear because then she's going to be more confused. Is this Bob? Is this Bob? He says, I'm just going to tell her. So Bob chooses to be a lizard and tells her up front that when she goes to do a journey, that when she goes to sit in nature, he's just going to appear as a little lizard for her and just a little one, like a little gecko kind of thing. He says, I'm just going to do that so that she's not like intimidated or afraid, and I'm too big or anything, like a big iguana, he said, I'm just going to pick a little lizard, and I'm just going to show up. Is there a particular reason he's picking the lizard? And I said, I don't know. That might be something you choose to ask him in your meditation. And she went, oh, I like that. You're giving me, you're giving me homework. You're giving me a plan. You're giving me something to do. And I said, yes, that's exactly what he's doing, so that you have something to do when you get into your next journey. And she goes, I love that. How come, like, this is confusing to me. If she's coming for a session, she gets this random gentleman Mm -hmm. willing to connect with her. How come she's not making the connection that she very well could 
connect to her grandparents that she did not know then. I don't know. Why, like, I, it's interesting to me that it's like, oh, I'll leave the grandparents aside even though I wanted to, but my limiting belief system kept me from doing it, and I'll stay open to this still stranger. No idea. Okay. It's a great question. Um, like, that would have blown blown my mind and been like, oh, so then I can access my grandparents, and if that's something that you long for. That's the end of the session. She booked another session to connect to her grandparents. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my last point. Oh, well, that makes sense. I was Is due. that she figures that out, and she actually says to me, I need to rebook with you. Now I understand. I can ask for people that I've never met mm-hmm. people. She says, now I'm understanding what's going on. I actually want to talk to my grandparents. Thank you. There's things I'd like to know about my mom and dad. Mm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So Bob offers the kind of friendship at the very end of the session to her and says that he's interested in connecting to her. And he's learning on the other side. And if she would like to continue doing that, he'd be available. Cool. Mm-hmm. And that was the end. That's how we ended our session together. Lovely. Didn't see where that conversation was going from the beginning. Um, it's neat because like as I'm as I'm trying to wrap it up for for listeners, she didn't state what she wanted or needed at the beginning, not that we were privy to anyway. Um, but as you make your way to the final message, she's starting to recognize that she got a lot of validations for the way that she's living, a lot of validations um, for the accessibility of information and the accessibility of connection as well mm-hmm. um, to souls, spirits, energy, however you want to word it, um, to everyone on the on the time continuum, I guess is a fair way to put it. Uh, and I really love too, kind of like just the overall message of what you said um, when you said Bob offered her a friendship, because it really does make you think, or it really does make me think at the very least, um, about just random humans who are living their life right now, who may very well not know you through your life and delight in popping in after they've passed to say, we had some things in common. Mm. And and even though we didn't connect or have a chance to connect as humans, I'd like to now, um, kind of takes that whole never too late to another another level. Yeah, it does. Cool. Thanks for the, the story today. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Coffee with the Sarlows. If you enjoyed the show today, help spread the love with a like, share, or review of the podcast. See you next Saturday with a brand new episode.